Welcome to the Weekly Transit Astrologies Podcast. I'm Scott Tajarian. This week, the week of November 6th to the 12th, Gabriella and I discuss Venus transiting into Libra, Mercury transiting into Sagittarius. We touch on the new moon in Scorpio, which is happening next week. We also get deeper on those outer planets, asking several questions that will hopefully assist in guiding you in how to work with the energy. We answer a few of your questions. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Weekly Transit Astrology Podcast here with Gabriella. Gabriella, you had something you wanted to share with our audience, did you not? I did. I wanted to thank everyone for being so loving and welcoming to me last week in the, the comments on YouTube and Spotify and everywhere else. I know Scott received a couple messages too. And just, yeah, just say how happy I am to be in this space with everybody and grateful for the, the welcoming energy. Welcome. Welcome, Gabriella. <laughs> so great to have you here. I wanted to address one question on the top too. This is from Tiffany Ritter, who asked, is there a way to still know which transit is happening on which day? I've decided to change that up because these transits they don't happen in a box. They're maybe felt most strongly on a certain day, but they're also felt strongly on other days, depending on exactly what the transit is. And so I want to approach this. I don't know if this is the right term, but like in a more holistic fashion mm-hmm. where we're looking at the transits for the week and the days that the transits are going to be impacting us. But to me, it's become too cumbersome and limiting to just say Monday, this is the transit and Tuesday, this is the transit and Wednesday, this is the transit when really the transit for Tuesday, you might be feeling on Monday and Wednesday as well. And so I thank you for your patience and your willingness to adjust as we all do with the new incarnation of the weekly transit. And that's how things are going to be uh, moving forward. I think too, it's the, this new way of organizing the information is also helping to look at how the transits are affecting one another as well. Yes. Like we, we talked last week about the outer planets versus like, the more quickly moving planets mm-hmm. and the way they're relating to one another. Mm-hmm. So d- looking at it daily was sort of, there was like a rigidity to it, mm-hmm. less holistic. And, and you're missing like, word. yes, you're missing the big picture of, mm-hmm. it's like the difference between listening to Beethoven's fifth symphony when a child is playing it with one finger on the piano or listening to Beethoven's Fifth Symphony when you're at the symphony and an entire orchestra is playing the song, uh, playing the symphony. So mm-hmm. I, I want to really give 
a bigger, broader expression of, of the energy of the week rather than honing in on a single note, I want to express the full song. Mm-hmm. So it's a great analogy. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, my love. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about this week and the, and the various themes that there's multiple themes that are occurring this week and the themes are impacted by the transits of the various planets, but how do they all fit together? And so we'll, we'll work through piece by piece and, and then by the end have a clear understanding of what the broader perspective or theme is for the week. But when we think about like Pluto and Capricorn, which is what we discussed last week in depth. If, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because we really went in depth with all the planets and where they're transiting. And we'll continue to go in depth. We'll continue to go deeper each week. But thinking about Pluto and Capricorn, Pluto is the god of death, lord of the underworld, the planet of transformation, Capricorn is the cardinal earth sign symbolized by the goat and ruled by Saturn, the god of wealth and time, the planet of restriction, responsibility, hard work, achievement, and authority. So when I think of Pluto and Capricorn, this period is a transformation, that's Pluto, of authority. That is Capricorn. How would you like to transform authority in your life? How would you like to transform your relationship to authority? How would you like to transform your relationship to yourself as an authority? Hmm. That last question feels especially, especially juicy. Tell me. Well, I think so many of us are... Maybe we're conditioned this way or we're just never really given permission to see ourselves as an authority, to even see ourselves that way or to especially use that word authority. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's interesting to think about the different authority figures that we have throughout the course of our life. Mm -hmm. When you're a child, you have your parents are your authority Mm -hmm. figure. Um, and then when you start to transition out of that relationship with them, as you continue to grow up, Mm -hmm. that's a really big shift Mm -hmm. and other authority figures would be, um, like the government is an authority figure, your Uh, boss, your boss, your teacher, your boss, your teacher. Yeah. Um, so more sort of inner circle and then maybe outer circle, maybe the government is more of like an outer circle mm-hmm. authority figure. Mm-hmm. Um, but so often we don't come back to ourselves as an authority. Right. But that's what we need to do. This Pluto and Capricorn transit is a power grab. So the question is, are you grabbing power for yourself or are you subjugating yourself to a higher authority that is then grabbing power from you? 
So when you think about the last time Pluto was transiting through Capricorn was 1761 to 1778, that was during the American Revolution when people on the other side of the Atlantic said that they didn't want to be subjugated by a monarchy anymore. So they took power from the monarchy which had power over them. So what is your relationship to power? And how are you claiming power for yourself? The way to claim power for yourself is by taking responsibility for what it is you want. What do you want to achieve? In order to achieve something, you have to do the work. There's even so much that goes into that, though, in in knowing what you want and, and knowing where it is, which part of you wants which thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a difference between something the ego wants, mm-hmm. which might not necessarily be aligned with the heart. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes if anyone's had this experience of you want, you want something, but you know, it's not coming from a heart centered place. It's not really aligned. It's more of like an ego greed sort of a. So what does that, place. what does that mean? Ego greed? What is that? Well, the role of the ego is an interesting one and it has actually, I found that it has a pretty bad reputation in the spiritual community, um, mostly because I think it's misunderstood. So the, the role of the ego is, is about helping you recognize your separateness from others. So Of course, we are separate from one another, but we're also not separate from Mm -hmm. one another in other ways. So the ego is essentially about boundaries. And we know it's important, it's healthy to have a certain amount of boundaries. So I'm hearing a lot in the spiritual community, this sort of perspective on you need to kill your ego. Mm. And that's what that's if you've had a psychedelic experience, you've probably experienced that ego death and that feeling of oneness with the universe, Mm -hmm. which is incredibly beautiful. Mm -hmm. But we live in a three dimensional reality on this planet. So Mm -hmm. we actually need the ego to keep us, it offers a certain amount of protection. Mm. So when you're when you're a baby and you're born, you haven't developed your ego yet. And that's why babies need to be with their, with their parents, especially Mm -hmm. with their mother, Mm -hmm. because they don't know yet that they are not, that they don't know yet that they're separate. Totally. So when the mother leaves, the baby cries because they feel separate from themselves. Can I share a couple stories? Because I've had two experiences that were really crazy to me, uh, where this happened with my friend's baby when he was two and then with one of my nephews when he was two as well I think they were both around two years old and in both experiences I it was myself the baby and the mom and in both instances the mom had to go somewhere real quick just for a minute and was like can you just hold 
my baby for, for just a minute. And I was like, sure. And as soon as I, the baby is in my arms, it literally tries to leap out of my arms to mm-hmm. follow the mother, even mm-hmm. though I can't walk, it like, can barely move. It's like an impulse. All it knows is like, I can't get away from that person yes. because, because they are me. Yes. They are me. Exactly. They are me. Exactly. Yes. yes. Oh my God. It was like the craziest thing. Like, I'm like, how is this thing? I had to really hold on to both of these kids too, because if I didn't, yes. they would have jumped out of my arms. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, that's the yeah. that's the point where they haven't fully developed their ego yet. Right. So, so of course, go on, go on. I got something to say too, but go on. Well, I was going to move on. Okay, no. So I yeah, that? yes, yes. I, what I was going to say is what hit me just right now in that instant is I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in terms of like psychology or whatever, but I think that the ego becomes fully developed at that first Saturn squaring Saturn, Hmm. which is what happens around age seven. By the time you're age seven, you realize that you are separate from your parents. Like you're Mm -hmm. your own person. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about that is we're talking about Pluto and Capricorn and Capricorn is the sign that's ruled by Saturn. Mm -hmm. So maybe this transformation of authority is also transformation of ego Mm -hmm. and transformation of recognizing that wanting success, wanting to achieve goals, wanting to accomplish something in life is a part of the ego. It's like, I want to be the best. I want to be a champion. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. I think you could say certainly that some people on the planet right now are maybe living too strongly from their ego, Mm. but others are, are not. Like I would say, we're living in a time now where everyone is copying one another, mm-hmm. especially on Instagram. Everyone has the same aesthetic, the same, everyone's using the same language. And to me, that represents a lack of ego. Yes. And we have a term in Jungian, I don't think this is unique to Jungian psychology, but the therapy world in general, it's called ego strength, mm-hmm. where in order for you to be able to really look at your circumstances and process and gain awareness around your circumstances, you need something called ego strength. You actually need to strengthen your ability to look at yourself in your separateness. So the ego is an important part of our experience. It, it is, but it's, it's just like anything else where it has to be in balance mm-hmm. and I had a professor who used to say, your ego is your amigo. I love that. Which really stuck with me <laughs> as a, yeah. So the ego is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting in the process of individuation, which I talked a little bit about last week, is that you do ultimately, you want your ego to be part of your awareness, but you don't necessarily 
needed to be the center of your awareness. Mm. So when you're not yet individuated, typically the ego is the center of your consciousness. Mm -hmm. But the more you individuate, the more that you're able to take those unconscious aspects of yourself and integrate them into your consciousness, you're actually expanding your whole, you're actually expanding your ability the ability of, of what you're aware of gets greater. Hmm. And so the more you're able to do that, the ego no longer becomes the center. It becomes just a part of that consciousness and the self becomes more of the center and the self. This is where, when you talk about like, what is it that you want? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between the self and the ego? The self is more, more like your, your true self, Hmm. your higher self. And how does that all fit within the unconscious versus the conscious, the self and the ego? So the more that your unconscious becomes integrated into your consciousness, the more you're able to access the self. So that's, that's how they're related. Hmm. Does that make sense? You're melting my brain, but <laughs> I think I'm getting some of it. Okay. Yeah. I it's going to be I a process. I hope I'm explaining that clearly. No, I, I think you are, but I think like I have to like sit and think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not something that's like, oh yeah, I totally get it. It's the color red, you mm-hmm. know, like it's an apple. Yeah. And this is like... <laughs> It's deep. Uh-huh. It is. And so I think you're you're explaining it very simply, but it's a lot to digest. Mm-hmm. It is. One more thing about Pluto is, you know, I mentioned the United States and the last time that Pluto was transiting through Capricorn was during the American Revolution. And Pluto just moved to 28 degrees, which is beyond the degree of where Pluto was when the Declaration of Independence was signed, which was 27 degrees Capricorn. So the United States has officially completed their Pluto return, which has been major transformation you be the judge. How's the United States transformed in the last however many years it's been since 1776, almost 250. Uh, but Pluto's not coming back to 27 degrees. So that's done. And so now we move on to Neptune. Neptune is the planet of the unconscious. It is the god of fresh water and the sea, the planet of illusion, deception, compassion, and intuition. Neptune is transiting through Pisces, the mutable water sign symbolized by the fish and ruled by Neptune. This transit, the theme of this transit is unconscious compassion. What you want to be asking yourself during this transit is, well, what does unconscious compassion mean? To me, what it means is that your compassion runs so deep that it is rooted in your unconscious. 
When you're on autopilot, you are compassionate. What do you feel guilt? What do you feel guilty about? What do you feel shameful of? What do you regret? What are you blaming yourself for? What would you like to forgive yourself for? What do you need to forgive? And who can you show greater empathy? This is the work of Neptune and Pisces. So that when you are on autopilot, you're compassionate. You're compassionate because you've spent time delving into your unconscious and facing the demons that carry your psychological baggage, the guilt, the shame, the regret, the blame. Mm. And showing yourself compassion so you can, and showing those demons that live within you compassion so you can integrate these thought patterns and memories with understanding, forgiveness, and love for yourself. Mm. Because that's what you deserve love. Because you are a gift to every person that you come into contact with, regardless if the experience is good, bad, or ugly. You're giving them the experience that they need in order to see what it is about themselves that they can only see through the reflection of you. I have some thoughts about this unconscious compassion. Do tell. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's occurring to me that some of us might have a question about what is in our unconscious or our shadow, to Mm -hmm. use a Jungian term. And we might have a, we might make assumptions that the shadow is only negative in some way. Um, and there could be shadow material that, that does feel negative. Mm -hmm. Um, but we also have material in our shadow and our unconscious that are repressed parts of ourself that are gifts. Mm -hmm. So we could have gifts in our unconscious that need our compassion. Mm. So when we're in relationship with someone else, like you're, you're talking about this mirror that's going on, this mirroring quality between relationships, whatever it is that we can't see in ourselves, we will often project onto the other person Mm. so that we can interact with that thing whatever that is. So sometimes we project onto other people, our shadow qualities, the qualities that we are, uh, I should say our negative shadow qualities Mm -hmm. are qualities that we don't like about ourselves. And when we see them in another person, we're able to interact with them, but it's, it feels separate enough from us. So there's a safety there, but you can have this experience of, gosh, what is that person's problem? They're so critical. Mm Not realizing that you're actually critical too. Not realizing that part of what you've repressed into your unconscious is are the times where where you are critical mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But it can work the other way around the other way too, where you can project <clears throat> I'm sure many of us have had relationships where we've idealized another person. And they're just, they can't do anything wrong. They're perfect. Mm -hmm. They're so wise. They're brilliant. They're beautiful. Whatever, whatever the qualities are. Often that is indicating to you that you have repressed 
those qualities, your own beauty, your, your, own, your own beauty, your own brilliance. You're letting someone else hold that role in your life. Mm-hmm. And so one way to know when you're, when you're projecting is when the feelings feel really strong mm. and incredibly positive or incredibly negative. And when they happen really quickly, there's often an indication that some kind of projection is happening. Mm. Typically when you're really seeing someone for who they are, you're seeing the totality of them. You're seeing what's beautiful. You're seeing maybe more challenging personality traits. You're seeing more of a whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. So when you're in those relationships that feel really extreme in some way, it's like bringing out a really strong reaction in you. Mm -hmm. That's an opportunity for you to know what it is that you have repressed, what you are pushing down into your unconscious. Mm -hmm. And that's what needs your compassion, Mm -hmm. no matter what those qualities are. Whether they're positive or negative. Yes. Mm Yeah. Yeah. So many of us, I think, need to have compassion for our positive qualities. Like mm -hmm. you're talking about reclaiming power. Yes. We need to be empowered. Yes. To recognize the beauty and the power within ourselves. Yes. It's time. It's time to get it all on stage here. Yes. 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 (laughs) Amazing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Gabriella. Thank you. Uranus in Taurus, the planet of revolution, rebellion, innovation, independence, and the unexpected in the fixed earth sign symbolized by the bull Taurus. This is a revolution of values. Uranus is the the planet of revolution. Taurus is the sign of values. During this time, you want to ask yourself, what what are you doing? What am I doing to claim my financial independence? What am I doing to radically reshape my values? How does my independence or lack thereof reflect my self-worth? And this, this reminds me of, of what one of our listeners, this is from Shell X Beach, who is attributing this to Pluto and Capricorn, which makes sense for Pluto and Capricorn. But I also feel like it's a part of that Uranus and Taurus energy as well, because what Shell X Beach says is I've made under Pluto and Capricorn, I've made a major career shift. I left a lifelong career in software engineering and Now I'm a social worker and a creative artist. It's a total 180. This is very Uranus and Taurus to me because Uranus is the planet of not only technology, which would be software engineering, but also social work because Hmm. Uranus is all about, it it rules Aquarius, which is all about the community and society and social causes. So doing, having like such a dramatic shift like that I imagine that Shell X Beach had a shift in their values and was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm I'm not a software engineer. This is not speaking to my sense of values. I'm going to move into social work and be a creative artist. And so this has been shaking us up. It's continuing to shake us up. What radical changes do you want to make in your life? Chiron and Aries. 
This is about facing your fears. Chiron's the wound and the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound. When you look at the symbol for Chiron, it looks like a key. It's a broken cross of matter. The cross of matter represents the four elements of matter, fire, earth, air, and water. And I see Chiron as a broken cross of matter on top of a circle of spirit, the circle of spirit representing your eternal soul, no beginning, no end. And it also looks like a key, which represents the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound. You want to ask yourself, what are, what are my greatest insecurities? What terrifies me? What areas of my life am I inauthentic? And where am I lacking self-love? Because Aries, the cardinal fire sign symbolized by the ram, is all about self-love, courage, confidence, and authenticity. Chiron is asking us to look at where we're lacking in this area. I think the, the Chiron return is, it, it's a painful experience, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's activating, it's activating the wound, but by bringing it to the surface, you have a chance to you have a chance to look at it more clearly mm -hmm. or understand it in another way. So maybe it's not as painful. Well, I, I just, the other day I was talking to somebody who's having his 50th birthday and he's like, I'm in the middle of my Chiron return. I'm like, how's that going for you? He's like, just lots of the old wounds coming up, you know, resurfacing themselves. But now I recognize them. I see what they are. Mm -hmm. And he's having fun with it. Mm -hmm. So it can be painful, yes, because it's like the same old tests or stories or experiences coming up again and again and again. But, but now you have the opportunity, you're aware of it. Yeah, so you you're can, looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah, charge towards it. Mm -hmm. Don't run from it. In the past, maybe you ran from it, but now is the time to run towards it. Run towards your fears. Well, in this, the Chiron return, I imagine, is also when you start to distill what is the wisdom from your wound yes. as well. This is one of my favorite parts about the Chiron placement. Yes. Is that, yes, we all have a wound that we feel we can't recover from, mm -hmm. but the purpose is to find the wisdom in that wound. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned this a bit last week about, you know, is that correct? Is that connected to your career? How is that connected to your life's purpose? Mm -hmm. How are you transforming that wound into the wisdom. Yes. So I, I wonder if this Chiron that's, return, that's part of the purpose. It's not just, it's not to torture you. No. <laughs> it's to find the wisdom. It can be torturous if you are not facing the wound. Mm -hmm. Just like if you are, say you were cut on your arm and you needed stitches. Uh, but then you were blindfolded and charged with stitching yourself up, like that would be painful and difficult. Mm -hmm. But if the blindfold's off or maybe you have somebody else there who's helping you stitch yourself up. So mm -hmm. it, it is meant to be the time where it's like a chrysalis or a chrysalis, chrysalis, a chrysalis mm -hmm. where it's like this awakening. It's like, Oh, now it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. Now I understand why I've suffered through this pain. Mm -hmm. It all makes sense. 
I get it now. So is this also happening for us collectively? Well, in a sense, yes, because... Okay, well, there's there's two answers to that question. In the way that you're asking it, in the way that I think you're asking it, the collective experience is we're all being called to face the wound to our self-confidence. Mm-hmm. We're all being called to face our insecurities. And this is maybe going back to what you were talking about, Instagram, how everybody's like saying the same things and using the same aesthetics and that sort of stuff. And and that to me shows a lack of confidence. Mm -hmm. A lack of individuality. Yeah, a lack of individuality. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I don't know if I'm good enough, so I'm going to look like this other person because they Mm -hmm. look good. And so I'm going to try to copy them rather than just being good with like who you are. Mm-hmm. And and just this is who I am. I'm Scott Tajarian. Take it or leave it. That's it. I'm not trying to be anyone else other than me. Mm-hmm. And so we're all being called to face our insecurities and fears and and our our lack of self-confidence and self-love. The other way to look at it too is talking about the United States when the Declaration of Independence was signed on July 4th, 1776. Chiron was at 20 degrees. Right now, Chiron is at 16 degrees retrograde. Mm-hmm. So the United States is experiencing its Chiron return right mm-hmm. now. This wow. happens every 50 years. And when you think about 2026 will be birthday 250 for the US, that will be its fifth Chiron return. Because mm-hmm. five times 50 is f- 250, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a good you thing can this, tell you we're math thing, geniuses this is not here. A math podcast. <laughs> uh, let's move mm. on to Saturn, the god of wealth and time, the planet of restriction, responsibility, hard work, achievement, authority, transiting through Pisces, along with Neptune. This is the theme here: is responsibility to faith. You need to take responsibility to have faith. Saturn is here in Pisces until May 25th, 2025. It moved in on March 7th of this year. It moves into Aries on May 25th, 2025 or 24th. But then it moves back into Pisces on September 1st, 2025 and is there until February 13th. 2026, February 14th, 2026, Valentine's Day, 2026, Saturn in Aries is going to be a hot Valentine's Day, I think. (laughs) Something's happening there. I don't know. (laughs) So uh, mark your calendars. Uh, The next time that Saturn will be in Pisces is April 16th, 2052. 
And the last time Saturn was in Pisces was 1993 to 1996. So if you were born between 93 and 96, you're experiencing your Saturn return. These questions are for you, but for everyone. Are you willing to do the work required to trust your intuition? And what happens when your intuition leads you astray and instead leads you to your demons? Will you be willing to face your demons and the psychological baggage they are carrying? As we said before, your guilt, your shame, your regret and blame. And in that moment, will you be willing to do the work required to show yourself compassion through these circumstances? Are you willing to do the work required to show empathy for the other parties involved? And most importantly, are you willing to do the work required to have faith? Faith that even in the darkest moments, you are somehow, some way, still on the right path, being divinely guided. There may be a there may not be a tougher time during this transit to follow this frequency, but this is the darkest moment, but it is in the darkest moment that faith is born. Mm. It's like Saturn is the planet of the real, of reality. Mm-hmm. And now it's in your unconscious. Mm-hmm. So Saturn kind of is yeah, it's yeah. making your unconscious world feel real. Mm-hmm. So the guilt, the shame, the regret, the blame that you're feeling about yourself feels real. Mm-hmm. And you might go and talk to somebody and you're like, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad about what I did to you. And they're like, what are you even talking about? I don't, I don't even remember that, but okay. You know, I, you know, it's like, what are you torturing yourself over? It may actually be much less than what you think, hmm. But it feels real because the monsters in your mind feel real when Saturn is transiting through Pisces. Mm -hmm. I like what you said about even in your darkest moments, Mm -hmm. knowing that you're divinely guided. That's a big deal. Yeah. And it's not, it's so easy to say. It's so easy to say. (laughs) But this, this concept of like, what is in my highest good Mm -hmm. and what is in our highest good is not necessarily to have everything come easily. Hmm. Right. Yes, exactly. Yes. We can all recognize times in our lives where things have been painful or difficult and and it was in our highest good Mm -hmm. if you look at the symbol for saturn saturn is a cross of matter with a crescent of receptivity pointed down it's bent because it's pressing into the ground it's bringing that sense of reality Hmm. to the material realm when you look at the earth symbol The earth symbol is a cross of matter inside a circle of spirit, representing the place where the eternal soul materializes into a physical body. That is what earth is. Hmm. So why are we here? You're here because there's only so much that your soul can learn floating around in the ether. It needs to materialize into the world of reality, earth, to experience the joy, 
the pain, the laughter, the sorrow. Because it is only through those real experiences that your soul will evolve. Mm -hmm. So this could be why your intuition might lead you somewhere that ends up being painful or Mm -hmm. might feel like it's led you astray. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Your intuition leads you someplace that's painful. It's like, how did I end up here? I was just trusting my intuition because you had to go through that experience. Because you needed that lesson. Yes. Right. Yes. I also think there's an interesting parallel coming up between intuition. Like I'm thinking about intuition versus fear Mm -hmm. and the self versus the ego Mm -hmm. that we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. how there are different ways to connect with your intuitive guidance system. Mm -hmm. Like I think, I know I've had experiences where I think it's my intuition, but it's actually fear Mm -hmm. and vice versa Mm -hmm. versus I think it's my ego that wants this versus myself, Mm -hmm. my higher self that wants this. So I think there's an interesting part here around learning what your intuition feels like. Mm -hmm. And is it coming from fear or is it coming from love? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's important. So those are the outer transiting planets. Now moving in to the more personal planets. The longest transiting of the personal planets is Jupiter, the god of thunder, lord of justice, the planet of expansion and luck. Did I say luck twice? Maybe, because why not? Let's (laughs) be extra lucky. Were you going to say something? No. Jupiter's transiting through Taurus, retrograde, along with Uranus. Both are retrograde in Taurus. This is an expansion of self-worth, reflecting upon your values and recognizing where maybe you can expand or improve your self-worth. Jupiter is in Taurus, moved in May 16th of this year, moves into Gemini May 25th of 2024. Jupiter ends its retrograde on December 30th. So from now until December 30th, Jupiter is moving retrograde. It began its retrograde on September 4th. So September, October, November, December, that's four months retrograde. This is where the abundance maybe feels like it's slipping away, where you've gained, you're now losing. If that's you, you're being called to take an expanded look at your self-worth. Where have you been financially extravagant? In what ways are you expensing your values? How are you indulging yourself? What do you truly value about what you do to make money? Do you value what you do to make money? Do you value what you spend your money on? 
What are you investing in to elevate your self-worth? What are you investing in that is in alignment with your values? Hmm. So where are you putting your energy? Mm -hmm. Not only your your energy, but not only your energy, but your money. Mm-hmm. And money's energy, money but it's, energy. but it's like, we're not just talking about like effort. It's like also talking about the material. But it's like, where are you planting seeds? Mm. Like where it's like working in a garden, mm, yeah. right? What mm-hmm. do I want to grow? Mm-hmm. And if you're eating all the food and not replanting anything, Maybe you're being wasteful in some way. Hmm. Or you're growing growing things that you're not using. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, growing hmm. things that you're not using. So that's Jupiter. Mars in Scorpio. Mars, the god of war, the planet of action, aggression, and conflict. Mars... Transiting into Scorpio on October 11th is there transiting through the sign that it rules the fixed water sign symbolized by the scorpion ruled by Mars and Pluto. Mars is transiting through Scorpio until November 24th. How can you be more courageous in your intimate relationships? What can you do to be more courageously vulnerable? What are you doing to protect your energy? What are you willing to fight to transform about your intimate bonds? Hmm. So this is, I'm hearing boundaries in here. Where might my, my boundaries be too rigid or maybe mm-hmm. too soft? Mm-hmm. What is the right, what is the right amount of boundaries for me to have in relationships? Yes. Are you getting too comfortable with people? Are people getting too comfortable with you? Remember, Mars is the god of war. And it's tricky in Scorpio because Scorpio isn't really a sign of boundaries. Like when I think of Mars as the planetary ruler of Scorpio, as opposed to Mars, the planetary ruler of Aries, Mars ruling Aries is like the soldier, that's Mm -hmm. charging across the battlefield to protect the boundary or Mm -hmm. to attack somebody else's boundary. But meanwhile, Mars and Scorpio is the spy that's already behind enemy lines. Mm -hmm. So the boundaries are not clear Mm -hmm. because you can't tell the spy from the enemy. Mm -hmm. They look the same. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's something unclear about this transit. Well, we're digging into the secrets. Mm -hmm. We're digging into the dark territory of our relationships and really looking into how do we get involved with other people? Mm -hmm. How am I involved with other people? Am I allowing people to get too involved in my life? Or am I getting too involved in somebody else's life? Taking on their problems, they're bringing their problems to me. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not to say you can't or shouldn't do this, but through the exchange, both sides need to feel lifted rather right. than drained. If you're feeling drained by people that are that you're intimate with, then something about that bond needs to transform. Mm-hmm. And so we're being given the support and the help to work with this energy as Venus, the goddess of love and beauty, the planet of relationships, which to start the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, completes its transit through Virgo, the mutable earth sign symbolized by the Virgin. During this period, which began on October 8th and lasted until November 8th, it's been a time to analyze, organize, recategorize your friendships, eliminate friendships, eliminate aspects of friendships that are no longer serving you. Hmm. I was just going to say that when I think of this Virgo energy, I think of the word critical, Mm -hmm. but I think that word gets a bad reputation. Mm -hmm. Like critical, critical thinking is a, is a good thing traditionally, Mm -hmm. you know? So using that sort of a critical perspective it's it's discernment Mm -hmm. maybe that's a better word Mm, discernment so hopefully you've achieved greater discernment of how you are relating to other people in your life Mm -hmm. and you've been able to reorganize and clear out some of the energy within these relationships that are no longer serving you or you're no longer serving someone else And it Mm -hmm. might mean that maybe the relationship ends or maybe just that part of the relationship ends and the relationship continues on in a, in a different way. But on Wednesday, November 8th is where Venus returns to the sign that it rules Libra, the cardinal air sign symbolized by the scales and ruled by Venus. So Venus is home. This is, so Virgo and Venus, the theme is relationship reorganization and Venus and Libra is diplomacy in relationship. Hmm. So you want to ask yourself, now that you've done this relationship reorganization from December 8th and from November 8th until December 4th, when Venus is transiting through Libra, it's time to step towards the table Mm -hmm. and be clear about what it is you want from the other person and what you're willing to give in return. And then opening up and allowing them to share with you what they want from you and what they're willing to give in return. So hopefully there's a rebalancing of relationships during this Venus and Libra period. So the Virgo energy is bringing you discernment mm-hmm. and then the Libra energy is bringing you the diplomacy to communicate that discernment yes. in a yes. way that feels balanced and feels like it's supporting the whole relationship. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Yeah. Love that. Thank you for that clarity, Gabriella. The last time Venus was in Libra was September 29th to October 23rd of 2022. The time before that was August 15th to September 10th, 2021. So think back to those dates for clues on what could be in store for you this time around as Venus transits Libra from November 8th to December 4th. For those of you that were born with key astrological points or planets in Cancer or Capricorn, there may be challenges with your relationships during this period. So just be mindful of that, that the negotiations may get tense during this period. Mm-hmm. We have another planet transiting into a new sign this week. It's not just Venus and Libra, but later in the week, the day after, on November 9th, which is Thursday. Mercury, the messenger of the gods, guide of souls to the underworld, the planet of consciousness, communication, and coordination, which has been transiting through Scorpio since October 21st. And during this period, Mercury and Scorpio, which continues until Thursday, it's about psychic communication. Mercury is the planet of communication. Scorpio is the psychic sign. It's about being able to read other people and and delve into their psyche, what Mm. they're thinking. So on Thursday, November 9th, is when Mercury transits into the mutable fire sign, symbolized by the archer, Sagittarius. The theme here is expansive mind, Honest conversations, because Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, the planet of expansion. Sagittarius, the archer, when I think of the archer, I think of Robin Hood, Katniss Everdeen, freedom-loving individuals that have a high sense of ethics. They want to do what's right. Mm. So conversation, that is Mercury. Sagittarius is about honesty. And now that we've had an opportunity to delve into the psyche of others through the Mercury and Scorpio energy, it's now maybe easier to speak your truth, to Mm -hmm. speak up, to speak out, to say what you need to say in order to get your message across. And when you think about this happening with Mars in Scorpio, so that's churning up those intimate bonds while Venus in Libra is creating balance, fairness, equanimity, diplomacy in relationships. In order for that to happen, we need to have honesty Mm. in the conversations that we're having with those that we're in relationship with, with those that we're intimate with. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you want to get off your chest? What is it that you want to share with others? What truth do you want to share? This is transit occurs from November 9th to December 1st. So from November 9th to December 1st, speak your truth. Mm, beautiful. So it's really an up-leveling for relationships. I I mean, on one hand, you hope so, if you're working with the energy in a positive way. On the other hand, you might say things that cut deep 
Hmm. hurt somebody's feelings that you're close to. So it's maybe it's going to be important to try to make an extra effort to use some tact while you are sharing your truth. Well, Venus and Libra will help with that. Venus and Libra will will help with that. And that actually is one of the transits we're going to be talking about this week. But first, I want to talk about the sun in Scorpio, unless you had anything to add. No, let's go ahead. So the sun continues through Scorpio. This is the planet of vitality in the sign of secrets. This is sex, magic, karmic bonds, bringing energy and vitality to this area. These areas, sex, magic, karmic bonds from October 23rd to November 22nd. So that is also invigorating these intimate relationships. Now this week, the moon transits from Leo through Virgo, Libra, and then into Scorpio. And at the end of the week, early next week is going to be the new moon in Scorpio. And if you're interested in learning more about how the lunar cycle will be affecting you directly, enroll in my moon cycle classes at theweeklytransit.com. But the moon transiting from Leo to Virgo to Libra to Scorpio, the vibe there is the week begins. We're very proud and bold with our Mm -hmm. emotional expression. And then we become maybe critical and analytical in our emotional expression, then more conversational and communicative and charming and balanced in our emotional expression. And then it goes into Scorpio and that's when maybe we're hiding from our emotions because we've been through a lot Mm. this week with the bold expression, the critical, and then the overly conversational Talking about your emotions endlessly is what happens when the moon is in Libra. Or if you know any Libra moons, you know that they love to talk. Uh, So (laughs) thinking about these aspects for the week. And so for those of you that are like, well, what are the transits for the week? And like, what days are these happening? So I want to break it down like this. Monday through Wednesday, there's a transit that's occurring that's affecting us on all three of these days. It's going to be impactful all three of these days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mercury in Scorpio forms a trine, a supportive aspect with Neptune retrograde in Pisces. So remembering that Mercury in Scorpio is that psychic awareness plumbing to the depths of the psyche of another through your conscious reality, but then connecting with Neptune in Pisces. Scorpio is the psychic sign. Pisces is the intuitive sign. So there could be a lot of healing or conversations that are happening in the early part of the week. And then when you mix in like that Leo moon, but then also the Virgo moon, which is happening during this time, maybe there's a bold expression on Monday And then Tuesday becomes critical and analytical, but at the same time, there's compassion and empathy because you are able to see what is going on within the other because of your empathy, because of your psychic awareness. Hmm. So a lot of movement, 
A lot of emotional movement. Yes. <clears throat> a lot of emotional movement happening Monday, mm -hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday. This is coupled with the sun sextile Pluto, the sun in Scorpio forming a sextile, a positive aspect to Pluto, the planetary ruler of Scorpio, as we know, transiting through Capricorn. This is most impactful on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I really feel like Tuesday could be a powerful day of conversation because the moon will be transiting through Virgo. So there's going to be that analytics, uh, that critical nature of expressing the emotions, really honing into the details, the nitty gritty of what's going on with your feelings or the feelings of another. But then you have the sun in Scorpio, Mercury in Scorpio, really energizing and bringing conscious awareness to the nature of the bond that you're sharing with somebody else, the intimacy that you share with another person, and the transformation of your position of authority hmm. in that bond. You can claim authority in the bond by being compassionate with yourself, empathetic to the other, but most importantly, taking responsibility for your part or holding yourself accountable for what you're meant to bring to the relationship. When you're able to do that, then you can stand from this place of authority to really hold the other side accountable as well. Hmm. So you have to be an integrity yourself yes. <clears throat> before you can demand that from the other. Yes, exactly. Which makes a lot of sense. So I really encourage you Monday, especially Tuesday, even Wednesday to, to dig into those areas of your relationships and your intimate bonds. There's going to be a lot of support for a lot of energetic support for conversations that need to be had mm -hmm. in order to transform or move the energy that's stuck in your karmic intimate relationships. Mm. So it feels in some way like the end of a cycle. Yes, we're, we're closing a cycle here, mm -hmm. especially with Mercury, which is going to be moving into Sagittarius. Because if, if you're not having this conversation now, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, by the time we get to Thursday, when Mercury moves into Sagittarius, the filter's off. Mm -hmm. And so now you're spitting fire at your intimate partner and they're like, where the hell did this come from? Mm -hmm. But you've been holding it back because Mercury and Scorpio, it's like, well, you're not as open with what you're thinking. And so if you are more open in terms of what you're thinking with regards to your intimate relationships and expressing what's going on in your unconscious, your dreams, your fantasies. If you're working with that energy earlier in the week, then by the time we get to Thursday and Mercury moves into Sagittarius, now you can comfortably speak your truth and it's accepted mm -hmm. and appreciated by the ones that you're intimate with because they know where you're coming from because you had those conversations earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And any conversations you have with your loved ones is are only going to give you more insight into yourself, mm -hmm. right? It's yes. that it's that mirroring. Yes, exactly. So it might be an uncomfortable conversation, mm -hmm. but 
it's a conversation that is going to ultimately help you get closer to yourself and right. who you are. Well, you might have to claim maybe some of those projections. And that's the accountability and the right. responsibility that you, like you have to hold yourself accountable. Like right. maybe I've been thinking this because, or, you know, maybe I've been thinking this because I'm, it has more to do with me than mm -hmm. it does to do with you, but I'm right. projecting it onto you because it's really bothering me, but it really has nothing to do with you. It has to do with me. And right. So you might be in for some surprises. Mm, well, that, and that takes us to the, the next transit that we're talking about, which is Mars in Scorpio forms an opposition with Uranus in Taurus Uranus is the planet of the unexpected. Mm. Mars is the god of war. This is a transit that is going to be most impactful from Wednesday to Sunday. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's five days. Mm. This is why I don't want to do like on Friday, this transit is happening because this transit is happening for five days. It's not mm. just something you're feeling on Friday, you're feeling it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you think of those five days and during those five days, that's when Venus moves into Libra on Wednesday. Mercury moves into Sagittarius on Thursday. That's going to shift energy when both of those planets shift into new signs. When they transit into new signs, it's going to shift the energy. It's like walking mm -hmm. out of a movie theater in the middle of summer. On a hot summer's day, you've been in a dark movie theater for two hours and you walk out the back door and it's like you're blinded. So mm -hmm. there's going to be a shift that happens on Wednesday and Thursday. And that shift is also going to be sparked by Mars, the god of war, opposing Uranus, the planet of the unexpected. Mm -hmm. I also think of this as like the ripple effect of maybe opening up those lines of communication yes. with partners. Yes. You know, once you are willing to go there with someone, mm -hmm. it probably is going to be more than one conversation. Yes. Exactly. So you, you've opened up this portal. Totally. Almost. Okay, we're being honest. Then mm -hmm. I have something else to say a couple days later. And you have to really be willing to, if you, if you, <laughs> are going to express what you need to say, then you have to be willing to receive it exactly. from the other person. Because once you shock your partner, then they might come back and shock you. Right. Once they've had time to process their shock, what they've received from you, right. then they're going to come back and say, okay, well, then this is how I really feel. And you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know you felt that way. Mm -hmm. But the good news is, is like earlier in the week, this Mercury and... And Neptune transit and Sun and Pluto transit are both supportive aspects. So, well, and it's all in support of more honest and open relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in support of healing, mm -hmm. healing in relationships. Yes. And so the Sun is following Mars. And so on Saturday and Sunday, the sun is moving into a conjunction with Mars, but in opposition to Uranus. Hmm. So Mars is opposing Uranus Wednesday through Sunday. 
Saturday and Sunday, the sun joins the party. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't get the shock on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, it's probably coming on Saturday and Sunday Mm -hmm. because that's when the sun shows up and joins the opposition party with Mars. And then the moon shows up Mm. and joins the opposition party with Mars and the sun opposing Uranus, which is the new moon in Scorpio, which happens at 1.28 a.m. next Monday, November 13th. So we'll talk about that in next week's episode as well, but I also wanted to touch on it in this week's episode because it's happening so close to this week that it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to wait till next week and not talk about it. So everything that's leading up to this point, this new moon, like when you think about the new moon, it's planting the seeds of the coming harvest. And again, if you want to learn about how this transit is affecting you directly, the new moon, and then the full moon in Gemini, enroll in my moon cycle classes at theweeklytransit.com. But the new moon is planting the seeds of the coming harvest. What is the seed? The seed is Scorpio. And Scorpio is the deepest, darkest, most passionate sign. Mm -hmm. It's the sign of vulnerability. It's the sign of intimacy. This is why sex is a theme of Scorpio, because in order to have sex with somebody, you have to be vulnerable with them. You have to take off your clothes. You are being intimate. That's what being intimate is. There's magic that occurs through this interaction And then there is transformation that occurs. So this new moon in Scorpio is about setting your intentions for who you want to bond with. Who do you want to be intimate with? Who do you want to share your energy with? Whether it's sex or a secret or sharing money. Sex isn't the only kind of intimacy. It's also secrets and money. So who are you exchanging energy with? How does it feel? The week leading up to this point, there is some shifting and transitioning that's happening with planets moving into new signs, planets aligning with other planets that are facilitating honesty and a clarity in terms of diplomacy and what I need versus what you need versus what I can give versus what you can give. Mm -hmm. And values are a major theme as we've talked about with Uranus and Taurus. All this comes up together here with that Mars opposing Uranus. That is, that is the actions that I'm taking within my intimate bonds and how they reflect my values. And maybe the actions that you're taking that reflect your values are not in alignment with the values of the person that you're intimate with, that you're Mm. sharing energy with, or maybe their actions that they're taking within the bonds that you share with the other or that they share with you. Maybe the actions that they're taking are not in alignment with your values, even though they're in alignment with their values. So there is a lot of shifting, a lot of transforming that is occurring this week. And by the time we get to the end of the week, hopefully you have a very clear idea after everything that you've experienced in your relationship, the shock that you've experienced, uh, the, the open conversations that you've experienced. Now you have a clear idea of who you want to bond with. And when I say who you want to bond with, I mean the type of person that you want to bond with. What are the characteristics 
about each of these individuals, whether it's a lover, a friend, or a business partner that you want to bond with? What what are the different characteristics about them that say, yes, this Mm -hmm. is the type of person I want to be with? And that comes through everything that you experience from the week. Everything that you experience from the week is leading you up to this point. Mm-hmm. So are you ready for some questions? I Gabriella? am. This is from Raw Wilson, 7-Eleven, says, I want to know what it means when there are retrograde signs in your natal chart. Is it just where it was when you were born? How does it affect our chart? I think what Raw Wilson is asking is what does it mean when you have retrograde planets in your chart? And this is a question that I get a lot. It's a very common question and I'm, I'm happy to answer it always because it's an important question. The simple way to think about this, the way that I think about this, first of all, you know, listen to what I say, but then take it in yourself. And if it, if it, it resonates with you. Yay, I got it right. If it doesn't, then I didn't get it right. You know, the mm-hmm. the key to all of this in understanding your astrological code is you listen to me, you listen to other astrologers, and everybody's giving their interpretation of what certain things mean. But the most important thing is to remember, well, does this resonate with me? Mm-hmm. And so when I think of retrograde planets versus direct planets, in an astrological code, I think of a tree. And there's the branches. Those are the direct planets. Those are the ones that you can see. And then there's the roots, which are beneath the ground that you can't see. That's the retrograde planets. The retrograde planets are the roots. So the way that I I envision this is when planets are retrograde in your chart, you may be aware of the energy that is being bestowed to you by these planets, but it is not something that is easily recognized by people that are outside of you, other people in your life. Hmm. Interesting. I also think of the retrograde energy as sort of the difference between um, if you're driving on the freeway and you're accelerating Mm-hmm. that would be the full expression of a planet that is direct mm-hmm. in your chart. But that moment you take your foot off the gas and you start to slow down and suddenly that energy of movement is there, but you're not intentionally moving it forward in the yes. same way. Well, it, it's like it delays it or it slows it down. It's, it's not, doesn't have the same level of energy. It doesn't, but it's still present. So it's to still present. so to your you're point, still on the freeway. right? And you're still moving, mm-hmm. but the the intention with which you're moving, and like to your point, I think it's an interesting interpretation mm-hmm. around how how that retrograde energy is perceived by others. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. That makes sense to me. Yes. Yeah, I I also think of the if you have planets in retrograde in your natal chart, that that indicates where you feel the most at home. Mm. 
I think our natal charts represent what we're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So we all know that you can be comfortable with things that are uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. It's about what you, what you're used to. Mm -hmm. So I think those retrograde energies, I'd be curious to know what planet, um, Ra Wilson. Ra is, yeah, is referring to, to answer this more clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I'm thinking if it's Mercury, for example, Mm -hmm. maybe during uh, Mercury retrograde, most of us are struggling with communication challenges, um, but perhaps... They feel more normal. Perhaps they feel more normal. Yeah, true. I don't know that. I've never validated that with anybody, so I'd love to know if anyone has had that experience, but... I feel like, well, my sister is Mercury retrograde, and I don't think she's ever complaining about retrogrades. Okay, so maybe we need to ask her. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she doesn't mention it to me. Hmm. But the other thing, too, is like during Mercury retrograde, you're experiencing what, like there's the internal experience that you're having, but then it's like, if the world is going, like, you, you you know, there's been times where, like, you leave the house and it's Mercury retrograde or it's about to be Mercury retrograde and you, and you come back and you're like, people are crazy out there right now. Mm-hmm. So that really has nothing to do with you. You're not making mm-hmm. them crazy. You're not going crazy because of Mercury retrograde. But you see other people that are acting nutty. Right. Let's ask another question. This is from... This is from Brianna, Brianna Quinn. Hi, Scott and Gabriella. I was wondering, since I have Scorpio and Venus in the 10th house and it is normal to attract, is it normal to attract slash be attracted to co-workers and be in relationship with them? Capricorn, sun, and rising. So there's a lot happening here for me Mm. because I think of... Capricorn Sun, Capricorn Rising, 10th House Venus. 10th Mm. House is associated with the 10th sign, which is Capricorn. There's a lot of uh, energy around Capricorn here. And so Venus is the goddess of love and beauty, the planet of relationships. If it's in the 10th house, then that is where your love nature is. Your love nature has to do with goals and ambitions and Mm -hmm. career and achievements and you're going to be attracted to people who are achieving their goals who have goals that they want to achieve who are ambitious people that you can say look at my partner my friend my lover or my business partner look at what they've accomplished and you may have a standard that you set for these relationships and so because of that Yes, you may be attracted to people that you are working with because Mm -hmm. you see them achieving goals and you see them hitting their marks and you're like, oh, wow, that's hot. That's sexy. Mm -hmm. And them to you because they're sensing the energy of your love nature in the area of career. Mm hmm. I'm also seeing in this a little bit of a, maybe a paradox though. Oh, tell me. Because the 10th house represents its career, Mm -hmm. but it's also your public life. Mm -hmm. So, which is career, but also is more than career. It's Mm -hmm. about being sort of 
on stage with someone being viewed, being um, accessible mm -hmm. in some way by the group or the community, the mm -hmm. organization. Um, but with Venus and Scorpio, I think there's an opposite pull towards mystery, secrecy, mm -hmm. and some sort of um, secret love affair. Like a, a secret, secret work romance? Is secret that work romance. Is that, <laughs> Brianna, are you in the midst of a secret work romance? I mean, that's very, very Scorpio here with yes. the Scorpio energy. I, I'm just wondering, yeah, you probably don't want to answer this on YouTube, but... <laughs> maybe you do. <laughs> but, maybe, probably... but maybe you do. I'm just wondering if there's kind of a push-pull between the public, the comfortability and the love nature yeah, of Brianna... being public, yeah. and then the desire, the Scorpio desire for secrecy and mystery. If Brianna is a first house son, then I think she wants to be seen. Mm -hmm. If she's a 12th house son, then she may want to keep it under wraps. Well, part of the Venus and Scorpio is about the love nature is connected with the mystery no, and yeah, the secret. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But I'm just saying like... But you're saying where the sun is. Well, I'm saying what in also, terms of like, does she want to tell us if she's having a work love affair or not? I see. I would mm -hmm. think that if the sun is in the first house, and I'm guessing that maybe because she even asked this question to begin with, the sun is in the first house because she... Put her name on here and ask the question. Mm, she wasn't hiding behind true. a, you know, a weird uh, Instagram handle or something like that. She mm -hmm. was telling us her name. So that's telling me that I'm guessing that she's a first house son and not a 12th house son, which mm -hmm. is going to be more introverted because the first house is Aries. Mm -hmm. But so she would be more open about sharing the secret love affair, mm -hmm. the secret work love affair. Yeah, sounds because exciting. Because no one from her work is listening <laughs> to this podcast, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Until she tells the person that she's dating to listen to the podcast, and then <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, well, you outed us on the podcast. So long story short, it is normal what you're experiencing. I think so. Yes. yes. That's a long, that's the, that's that's the long the rambling winded. Taurus rising answer to your question. Is that yes, it's normal. Yes. So I think we'll call it there. Uh, we'll be back next week with more questions to answer. Please ask more questions and we will get to them. And yes, we're, we're finding our way with this podcast mm -hmm. and we're going to continue to find our way. And we are grateful for you and being on this journey with us. And we'll see you next week. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Transit Astrology Podcast. If you're curious to know how any of these transits are affecting you directly, or if you're interested in learning more about your astrological code and how to best work with the energy that's been bestowed to you by the planets and stars, contact me for a reading at theweeklytransit.com. Wishing you all the best as you ride the planetary waves.